Welcome to Idol Rumble, the official K-pop podcast of LobbyRumble.com, where we discuss weekly topics around all things K-pop. We're recording on July 11th, 2022. I'm Rob, editor-in-chief at Lobby Rumble. I'm joined by content writer Ron and our returning guest, Trick. Trick, how was your week? Oh, my week was actually pretty eventful. I don't go out very often, but I decided to take the dive and check out this local K-pop store. And first nice. time in a store. Yeah, first time in any type of K-pop store. So I didn't know really know what to expect. I, and I don't have a standard, you know, because, again, this is the first time, first experience. But from my experience, uh, everyone there was super friendly, um, super knowledgeable. If you ask for any artist or any type of album, they, they, they know for a fact if they have it or not. And the selection they had there was pretty widespread. I'm not going to say they had just like the newest because I was able to get Itzy's second and third album. Because oh, cool. that, that's, that's what I was looking for, because I have their newest stuff. So the fact that I was able to find um, their old their old tracks, that was, was godsend, because I didn't have to buy it from Amazon. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and the quality, um, no dents, no dings, no anything. So yeah, I, I feel like oh, this, okay. I feel like my first experience in a K-pop store was pretty, pretty fun, unique, would go again, 10 out of 10. Nice. Did you not go that one time that uh, you said you were going to go when you wanted oh, a Jim Catcher light stick? It, it was like, it was pretty quick. It was in and out. Um, oh, but we, you, did, you didn't like browse around this, that yeah. time? Yeah. I, I mean, I looked and I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool store. I got my wand and I was <laughs> out. I, I forget what I was doing. I was super in a hurry. But I was actually able to, you know, scour the, the tables, uh, all the different albums, all the different stickers, posters, everything. And yeah, no, it's really insane the the type of products that K-pop groups sell. It's so widespread. No, it was just, it's just a whole different world, and I'm glad I experienced it. Keep in mind too the this this store that he's talking about is K-pop Nation in Ranch Cordova. Um, yes, oh, it's okay. it's sort of a pop-up store, so it's not even a full-fledged store. But yeah, in August um, during because I will be going to KCON in august i will be visiting koreatown mm-hmm. so i'm pretty i'm sure there's Voice like music. a bunch of stores and whatnot right yeah oh could, yeah there's there's plenty yeah yeah so i'll get to see firsthand like the the i don't want to say real experience because I, I even if it is a pop-up i i'd say they're doing pretty well <laughs> with what they have it, it's pretty similar it's yeah. just they don't they probably don't have like as ex- even though they have a pretty extensive catalog it's all like usually new stuff while like a brick and mortar like Mm -hmm. permanent store they would probably have like a bigger selection but i'd say that one even though i went during sort of a near the end period of a restocking uh period they still had a lot of stuff that i was able to get what i wanted oh nice nice they yeah they were running low on uh or i guess they ran out of like the nyan cards (laughs) <laughs> I think that was like a hot commodity. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, no, it was good. That, that's the thing, though. So they promote it. And I don't know if it's a negative. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it's against them. But the stuff that you would generally get from buying an album on like Amazon, or mm-hmm. I think Robbie suggested a few K-pop websites to buy albums from, the, the posters and, and cards and whatnot that you would normally get, mm-hmm. They promoted mm-hmm. it as giving it for free. Like, oh, for every album you buy, you get a free poster. And I'm like, I already get that on <laughs> online. But I don't know if that's common knowledge. Well, I mean, I guess a good a, a thing that's different with them is that you could choose any poster as opposed to getting what's in, what the actual artist you're getting. So, like, I was able to get, yeah. like, old Izuan posters. I got, like, La Seraphim. And, I mean, I ordered, La, or I got La Seraphim and... Stacy, but you you got to go to like to any group. Like I, I would have been happy with like an Oh My Girl, but the Oh My Girl boxes full of other stuff. So I think it's just an <laughs> old label. That's, that's a good trade off. That's a good trade off. And yeah, you kind of have to be careful too, because sometimes they're not licensed. Oh, <laughs> the, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the the merch that they give you for free. Yeah. Wait, so as in it doesn't out. like it doesn't count towards their sales. Oh no! No, no well, not the like the freebies, the freebie stuff. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, the freebies because yeah. I, I know like when I went to a store in <laughs> LA, they they print it. 
Oh, but no. I, when I when I looked at this stuff at the store, like the cards and the poster, yeah. they're all legit because like nice. they're all just like extra stuff from the albums. I think from like doing quote unquote group orders, so that's why they had like the extra cards. I think. Yeah, I'm collecting these cards like Pokemon cards now. Like I want to put them in sleeves <laughs> and protect them with oh, my yeah, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen people, people do, do that. You, you oh no way! Them, you yeah. can bring them to KCON and try to trade them too. People, that's a thing. Like legitimately, like I'll I'll give you my uh my Yuna for your Ryujin. No, exactly. That's how exactly yeah. they do it. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> it's oh, like uh, if if you're familiar with Disneyland with like pin trading, it's the same concept. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the same. Co- oh, that's that's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. See, I love it. I love all of it. That was visiting K-pop nation uh, for the first time. Ron, how was your week? Uh, my week was good. Um, you know, my usual week, not a lot of stuff happens during the week. But um, funny enough that I'm starting to get into like camping and like overlanding. Not that I do it, but I live through other people on YouTube. I watch like <laughs> all these like camping and um, overlanding videos on youtube and i'm just like sucked in so that's kind of like these past few days that's what i've been watching on youtube and like it makes me want to do it but like i've camped before and i i hated it (laughs) it's cold and the bugs and you stink the entire time (laughs) um but like i i think i'm just like i drawn to like all the gadgets that these campers are using like how they like cook stuff um and like their sleeping bags, their tents. Cause like like I watch, it, it's weird because YouTube uh, recommended me like Korean campers. <laughs> I'm watching people <laughs> in Korea camping, <laughs> and then like uh, yeah, they're just um, they like have all these like different gadgets and um, what I'm sorry, what's overlanding? Like oh, overlanding is um, basically it's basically off roading. You like have a car you kind of you'll modify it so it can go off road mm-hmm. and then, and you go camping too with that like in your car or just or your car just holds all your stuff um it could be both you can camp inside your car or you can have like a tent um that's like like on top of your car <laughs> or you can have a separate tent that's on you know on the ground traditionally um but yeah i think i'm just drawn to all the the camping gear Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I kind of like fantasize about oh, like, oh what kind of stuff can i get for my car or what can, I, <laughs> what can I do so maybe one day um but as of right now probably not <laughs> just living just, vicariously through the youtubers yeah yeah exactly and, and it's nuts because they get like millions of views and then it's literally just them camping <laughs> like it's a kind of like a vlog sort of right is it like gopro-esque like it does it almost look no, like they'll have well some of them it looks like they use gopros because you know you get that fish eye kind of yeah, look um yeah. but i want to say they're using like blogging cameras maybe because it it looks 4k and mm. it has that auto that auto focus kind of like a, i don't know how familiar with cameras you are but like the, yeah. the sony zv1 oh it, i feel like it, they're using that because that's pretty popular and then um a lot of them use drones too to get like landscape Oh, you get everything. Shots. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've been doing these <laughs> past few days, watching camping videos. Yeah, well, I think that uh, recommendation I dropped, I think it was last week, uh, for uh, laid-back camp would be a good fit for you because it's not just, like, storyline-wise that they're, oh, they're just going camping, but they even educate about camping stuff because, like, it's the city girl coming in, learning how to mm-hmm. camp that it talks about, like, Oh, you need these these things, and they talk about like actual stuff that you need camping. Like you need like a a flat sheet or or oh, like yeah, yeah. a specific like grill, mm-hmm. and like they even like upgrade their equipment like throughout the show. Like oh, now I got this cool grill. So I think, and like I said, like it's also like a nice um scenic thing because they go to actual um mm-hmm. Japan locations that is oh okay. it's just like okay. in animation form that it makes you want to yeah, go. Yeah travel japan or just go camping and it's just a very chill thing (laughs) yeah i think that's why i liked it too because it's like very chill it's Mm kind of asmr type of thing and like one youtuber was like making um like tofu soup and i was like man that looks hella good (laughs) i want to do that Mm -hmm. while i camp 
So, yeah. So, I'm going to keep watching it. <laughs> that was camping and overlanding videos on YouTube. For my week, uh, my stuff is mostly media based. I'm trying to get through Alchemy of Souls, but I'm sort of falling off because it is sort of getting heavy on the um, fantasy period piece kind of thing that I thought was going to be like a little bit more um, half and half with like comedy and stuff. But the comedy is pretty much just sprinkled in and it's very fantasy period piece stuff. So that part's not really attracting me, even if it does have like some of my favorite actresses slash idols in it. I also caught, or I'm not caught up, but I finished The Boys Season 2. And I definitely need a, um, like I said, a sort of um, refresher or like a um, little side thing to watch to like sort of wash off all of this like hyper violence from my watching. Something like a laid back camp um, because like with The Boys, Stranger Things, it's just a lot of hyper violence <laughs> in media that I needed to like yeah, take yeah. a break. Um, before I start season three, Ron has camping videos you can watch. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll probably go rewatch a laid back camp, like I said. Um, but I think I I also like just started watching um uh like Haikyuu again, just like some good boys just sharing the volleyball court, just like being teammates. There's no hyper violence in that. But <laughs> I also started uh watching the Rising of Sh- of the Shield Hero, but that's sort of like triggering something within me because um if you guys have ever watched. Um, like a melodrama or something like a Sky Castle or the Penthouse. Every episode is just pretty much like them like dumping on the main character, like finding a way to bring him down. That is just like triggering this like this feeling in you to say like, oh, this that's messed up or whatever. So a lot of it's like setting him up for failure and like his like struggle to overcome that when he's just living his life it's like that meme where it's like um f this guy in particular and uh i mean it hasn't happened yet but just um for future reference uh this week i am going to go to the stray kids concert tomorrow and the dreamcatcher concert on thursday jeez do you ever get concert fatigue? <laughs> i mean two in two in a well, week this is like the first concert i've been to since pandemic outside of um virtual concerts so it's gonna be a change up because like the the shake it's thing like if it like uh came out of nowhere uh and i'll talk about that off podcast but uh because i was only planning on going to gym catcher but shake it's came i was like oh shake kids was like okay go watch it so yeah that's to look forward to so i'm going to talk about that more uh in the next episode but that was alchemy of souls Boy Season 2, Rising of Shield Hero, Stray Kids, and Dreamcatcher Concerts coming up this week. And now it's time for new releases. In this section, we highlight and talk about some of our favorite releases from the previous week. What do we have on the list this time? So last week, we have a lot of good stuff. Starting on July 6th, we had Vivi Z with Love Aid, uh, Kang Daniel with Don't Tell featuring Jesse, and Kim Jong-hook and KCM with I Love You, and that's featuring Mirani. And then the next day, on July 7th, we have MCND with Mood, uh, 17 subunit SVT leaders with Cheers, Monster X with If With You, and that's a universe release. Then on July 8th, we had the anticipated comeback by Espo with Girls. Then on July 11th, we have Chunga with Sparkling, and then X4, which features Zion T, Wonstein, John Somi and Arin with the song Present. And that one is for the Busan World Expo. Rick, among this week's new releases, what would you pick as your favorite? So there are a lot of good picks here. I'd say my favorite out of the group might have been Kang, Don't Tell, featuring Jesse. And um, full transparency, I'm very familiar with Jesse's work. Zoom is really catchy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Kang Kang Daniel 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 um yeah not not super familiar with with him as an artist but I mean after this song I'll probably dive a little bit deeper into his, into his song collection I I don't like the song 
for just the song itself. Mm-hmm. I actually like this song because it it's a it's a mixed gender collaboration, and I don't see that very. I mean, I'm I think I'm still fairly new to K-pop. I've been listening to K-pop for about two years now, two three years, mm-hmm. but I don't see a lot of like boy girl collaborative songs outside of like Card, right, which is a which is a group, mm-hmm. but two like individual entities coming together for a song that seems very unique to me mm. and yeah i kind of like i like this i like this combination I, I just don't understand why it doesn't happen very often oh i mean um they've had you know boy girl collaborations for a long time even like before k-pop with like the ballad singers and stuff i mean obviously with like yeah. the, you know like the love songs right they have the guy and the yeah. girl but um but yeah i mean they don't uh-huh. they don't do groups though, right? Like you wouldn't you would never see BTS and Blackpink ever doing Yeah, a song that's together. a little more a little more rare. But I mean they, they they still happen. Like one of the more famous ones was uh 2 PM and Girls Generation doing that mm-hmm. uh, god, I can't remember what that song was called. It was like Caribbean something or whatever. But like that was like huge yeah. when it when it happened. just like what you said, like because stuff like that is rare. Yeah. But um but yeah, I I haven't listened to this song yet, but I do like both Jesse and Daniel, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And what would it's it's mm-hmm. super catchy. Okay. It has like a deep face. Mm-hmm. It has like a deep bass. It's very hip hop influenced. Mm-hmm. Um, and it uses a Spanish guitar too. Oh, interesting. Which is a really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really really catchy. Uh, I recommend it for sure. For sure. All right, I'll check that out. Yeah, Kong Daniel has that sort of like um hip hop um influence because he's definitely like in the throes of it like he he used to be a b-boy and like um i think he's usually like a rapper um when it comes to like the group stuff well well jesse yeah jesse too um and jesse she surprised me in this song because she didn't really rap she was more on the singing side but um Mm -hmm. for me though it's sort of like was clashing styles because like you know jesse from all her like hit songs that are like all TikTok songs now, um, but her style, sort of going into Kong Danielle's like more relaxed um, hip hop vibe is is different because I'm not used to Jesse going more on the singing, chill side of things. But um, Kong Danielle, if if you didn't know, um, he came from uh, one of arguably one of the. Uh, most popular third gen groups uh wanna one that came from um the second season of produce 101 um but obviously they were contracted because they weren't a permanent group they were just um a project group from that show because like them ioi uh kepler and eyes one they're all like contracted for set amount of years before they go back to their own companies yeah. but um he was like the visual center of that group and the number one um, the number one contestant from that season is is it not in the best interest of all companies to keep a group like that? Together? That's what that's what they all think. Yeah. Like especially with Eyes One, everyone wanted them all together, but it just wasn't in the cards that, um, especially yeah. with um that their companies that they're expecting them to come back that they have such a big cachet to them that it would be benefit their company, and it's like as if you're like building your new product around them then if you lose that then you just lost out on like all the stuff which which was what the show was for but i think like everyone was trying to get them to like buy them out of their contracts and stuff but it just didn't work because it'd be a big old thing to buy (laughs) well like 12 members members. out of their contracts or whatever yeah but oh yeah to you i think was the name of the song when i first uh yeah. yeah Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's like a more chill song. I think he shot it like in LA or something. And also, I'd go back mm-hmm. even to listening to one on one stuff because a lot of their stuff was pretty good too. They're like maybe my inception into like standing boy groups. Aran, among this week's new releases, what would you pick as your favorite? So I'm going with SVT Leaders with their song Cheers. Um, I really like the song. And anytime 17 does their like hip hop subunits, I always enjoy it. So this is just one of them. And yeah, Cheers has a dope beat. The fashion is on point. Choreo is good. S Coops, he's like elevated his look since, <laughs> since the start of 17, I want to say. Because like, he was looking good, dude. Just like 
his his like fit and then like he and like his swag i'm not trying to like you, guess you him up like, too much you even but, liked his like, hair extension during part of the video yeah i thought it looked cool like <laughs> i like I, I wouldn't even say who i don't even really know who my favorite member would be but i i would i guess it would be s coops and i like Wooji too um because it just says compositions are, are really good anytime yeah. he makes songs they're they're really good so yeah, if you guys haven't checked this one out, then I recommend this one. I did check it out, and I was getting close to putting it on my uh, list, but I told you earlier, um, yeah, I like the instrumental a lot because it's just it's got that like sort of mixtape underground kind of vibe to it um, because mm-hmm. yeah. it's definitely outside of like the whole group 17's like um, sort of catalog because doing subgroups lets you explore outside of that or like solo releases but the auto-tune and the chorus and leading up to the chorus was just killing me because i'm not a big fan <laughs> of that kind of auto-tune that is i think it was sort of being um you remember that time when a lot of the artists were doing like auto-tune oh, yeah. and, and oh, yeah. their things like i think they were fashioning it off of that but i'm just not a fan of that so that sort of like docked some points off of my um putting it up there um, in my favorite for the week. For my pick of the week, I'm going to go with Chunga with Sparkling. It's got that synth wave to it, but it's got this um, melody line that's got this reverb on it to make it feel like you're underwater because um, the whole concept of the video is that she's sort of like a mermaid kind of thing underwater. I think it was r- mixed really well because... Some tracks that I've been hearing lately, like it sounds like the mixing is just a little bit um, not that well mastered compared to like, say, like I said the other week, like I wasn't a fan of Fromis 9's latest tracks mis- mixing. Um, but this one, like it all f- flowed together really well, especially um, in that second verse where she switches things up pretty um, drastically, where it sort of brings it back to like the Chonga that we... Um, are familiar with uh, because if I didn't mention that this song is a little bit uh, different for what the chunga that we're used to that it's a little bit more on the brighter side of things that it sort of reminded me of her days back in IOI I think that's what surprised a lot of fans was that oh um, it's all it's all happy all of a sudden when especially when you looked at the teasers for the album that it's a very mature like sort of Mm-hmm. Looks like a underwear um, commercial modeling thing that she she had going on for the teasers. While oh, yeah, this yeah. One, this one, it's like more of like, oh, this sort of reminds me of. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, but but Goo Goo Dawn's uh, debut track, um, Mermaid. It sort of had like oh, that kind of yeah. concept going on with it. And the music video was pretty fun and bright, but it was cool seeing that they had practical sets with a few graphics, but. I think it was also a downside to it because you could tell that they were just like on a sound stage with not too well crafted sets that it, you could tell that it was shot on a set. Like you weren't like you didn't make believe that you were underwater. You, you it looked like a stage play or something like that. So I was gonna pick this song. I think we talked about it, uh, but. And and the only reason why I wanted to pick this song was because I have a soft spot for um, Chung Ha because she was one of the first, not I don't want to say artists, but a solo artist. She was one. She's probably the first solo artist to get me into K-pop, mm. outside of the other groups that I was listening to. But it's just really disheartening because it's a good song. I just don't. She. I don't think she's produced anything as good as gotta go and snapping mm. like the, and those were those were released in what 2019 yeah like when she when she debuted i don't think she's ever hit those marks since and and then she and then she decides to flip up her concept i i feel like whoever is behind the scenes uh working on her career i feel like they should revisit what worked and just go back to that because I don't think changing up your concept will fix anything, in my opinion. I actually think, uh, as far as I know, I think she's got a handle on where she takes things. Because like the company was just like her 
and the company for a while that she had like a big say in um what what she released so i'm not sure where where she's at now in terms of like how much pool she has but as far as i'm concerned i think that's mostly her like i think she did a lot of choreo for her stuff i think she writes a lot a lot of her stuff but i'm not sure where she is nowadays super respectable yeah i like i super respect her as an artist but i, I just like if you just look at the numbers like on spotify for every for every song that she's released the amount of hits that that song has gotten has been like legitimately cut in half so gotta go started at is at 100 million mm-hmm. snapping is at 80 and then a huge fall off to bicycle mm-hmm. at 35 and then a huge fall off to killing me at 17 so i'm really curious to see where sparkling takes her because i don't know if i don't even know if it's better than killing me to be honest and then killing me is not even doing that well as a song yeah i just i just want the best for her right like i said like she has a soft spot in my heart so i just want the best for her i want her to succeed i just she succeeded in 2019 and i just want her to get back to that success so that was Kong Danielle, Don't Tell Me, featuring Jesse. 17 Leaders with Cheers, and Chunga with Sparkling. In the news segment, we'll share our picks for what happened in K-pop for the week. So Trick, what did you bring for news this week? So, and this just came out literally an hour before we started <laughs> recording this podcast. But uh, Naver reported uh, today, which is would be July 11th, at 10 a.m., or no, that's sorry, that's Korean time, but it's just an hour before we were recording it, that all nine members of TWICE renewed their contracts with JYP. You... Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's... And, and I, honestly, I, I feel like this this marriage between this K-pop group and this company is was a match made in heaven. I feel like it still is. But my question, though, that I'm asking myself is, TWICE is, like, on a whole nother level since they started in 2015 right Mm -hmm. twice needed jyp to get you know to get their foot in the door to start recording albums to to do all their so for all the production for for whatever reason right they needed jyp seven years later is that really even still the case right Mm -hmm. that's kind of the question i want to actually pose to you too because twice is arguably the second biggest girl k-pop group right in the in the world mm-hmm. yeah so i mean obviously jyp getting this is a big win right oh yeah for sure but but does twice i mean not, i'm not saying twice could have done better with any other company but jyp was definitely the winner here oh yeah i i i agree or yeah it is a total win for jyp because like um all this momentum that twice has right now um it, it's it's only growing from here because like um i don't know if you guys remember but jyp after wonder girls pretty much didn't have anything um so basically twice kind of brought the company back onto its feet i mean we had got seven who debuted like maybe a year a year or two before mm-hmm. but they weren't bringing they weren't beating EXO, to put it bluntly, right? Yeah, um, right. But, yeah, TWICE came out, and, uh, and they did they did okay. But then Cheer Up is what really elevated them to kind of like the to the general public mm. and brought JYP back on its feet. And so for them to... Uh, basically, what I'm saying, I guess what I'm trying to say is JY, JYP owes them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much saving their company <laughs> right yeah right and for them to ha- renew again is like yeah like it it's the only it's it's the right choice right and especially having all nine because there was questions where like well mina went through you know the anxiety thing oh, would she come yeah. back and then uh jonghyun has the her neck injury is she can does she want to mm-hmm. be an idol still it's like it couldn't be any more perfect to sign all nine because I, in my opinion, if you can't get twice as a whole, then I don't think, you know, the next chapter of twice is going to be as successful as their previous chapter. That's it. That's in my opinion. 
but now like mm-hmm. like J JYP and Twice to me, to, Twice was that that girl in high school that like no one really like batted an eye to, never no, never turned a neck, mm-hmm. and and JYP is that dude that was like okay, kind of popular, like let's <laughs> let's go on a few dates, right? <laughs> and then and then and then Twice is that girl that that same girl that had a glow up, and by senior year was like the hottest girl. <laughs> And then JYP's like, do you still want to date me? <laughs> like, so, yeah, super big win for JYP. My my other question, though, is, so they're signing. I don't know what the contract is, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm, I'm sure there's like a there's a cap on how many mm-hmm. years they're, they're contracted to, uh, with JYP, too. But with Nyan being 26, mm-hmm. I think she's the oldest member mm-hmm. of Twice. How many more years do you give this group? Oh. Yeah, that's a hard question. Because usually after, if we're we're looking at history, right, in terms of girl groups, usually, you know, a lot of these girl groups have huge momentum when they come to their second signing. Or, yeah, their second signing, and then after that, they kind of taper off. But if we were to look at um, girls, actually, I was going to use girls' generation, but they're not a good example. Because I'm actually just focusing (laughs) on Taeyeon, because Taeyeon still has a really good career. And she is... 33 and she oh, still okay and she'll she still kills it right girls right. generation as a group not so much we'll see <laughs> in august when they drop their comeback single but um but yeah so i think it's almost unprecedented because all these good girl groups right. haven't really gotten past the eighth ninth or tenth year um mm-hmm. so i think we'll we'll, we'll just see what happens um i still think twice yeah. has a, a lot in the tank left um uh, yeah because yes, yeah. like nyan's 26 that's still that's still pretty young um but i because I, I don't i'm not i'm still pretty new to the culture mm-hmm. as a whole is our our idols looked down upon for being a certain age like once they hit a like a specific age do they start like falling off in they're just, they're just fandom? past their prime because um it's sort of like basketball or sort of like any sports team that prone to injury um life things happen right it's sort of like that that one movie uh with what's his face like i keep getting older they keep staying the same age it's sort of like that kind (laughs) of thing (laughs) without like the gross the gross like connotation to it but yeah yeah. obviously like the prime age is like your late teens and early 20s that's like yeah. When like you could like put them through their paces to, to like promote multiple shows a day, multiple yeah. times a week, where whereas like probably groups that get past their seventh year, they're all they're definitely gonna slow down to like preserve their health and also just like do other stuff like venture out into dramas and stuff like that. That was all nine members of Twice renewing their contracts with JYP Entertainment. Ron, what do you have for news this week? All right. So the announcement that we've been waiting for on this show since the inception, <laughs> since episode one, YG announces Blackpink's comeback and world tour. So a, a YG rep stated Blackpink is, there, is in their final stages of recording their comeback album. And their music video filming is going to take place this month in July with a release in August. And they also said that their world tour is going to be the largest scale world tour and k-pop girl group history which is happening at the end of the year so exciting news if you're a bling um my opinion i'm not holding my breath because we've been told so many times blackpink was going to come <laughs> back um they said they were going to come back in june <laughs> it's july but i mean it's, it seems like this is more set in stone now so i'm excited uh i'm a blackpink fan not as much as a twice fan but i'm a blackpink fan um yeah yeah but I, I'm excited because it's it's been so long. It's been like two years since um, Love Sick Girls and the album. Yeah. So I can't wait for new music. I, I hope, you know, Jenny and Lisa got their bars up. Jisoo got her vocal, vocal cords ready. And so does Rose. So I'm excited. Can't wait. I, it's, it's crazy because I feel like Blackpink is such an anomaly in both Western pop or the, the Westerners that listen to mm-hmm. her and K-pop. Mm-hmm. Because... I don't. I can't think of an artist that can do absolutely nothing for what what essentially feels like a year, mm-hmm. and then 
then out of the out of nowhere, out of the gates, drop a like an announcement like this, mm-hmm. and then everyone's like super hyped. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine a YouTuber not posting a video for a year, and then everyone's super excited mm-hmm. to, like <laughs> a video is coming out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's insane, especially in in K-pop as a culture where you're getting content from all these other groups regularly, mm-hmm. right? You're getting you're getting a comeback every what four months. Something you're getting like that, yeah. a music video. You're getting um, game shows, right? And and then twice has been like super radio silent. Blackpink outside of you know their covers. You of mean Blackpink? Or yeah, sorry, sorry, Blackpink. Yeah, Blackpink's been so radio silent. So it's like, I like their music too. Don't get me wrong, but it just it's insane to me that the fandom is still just as strong with little to no content coming out of them. I I think it's that um that thing where like you're you're so hungry for it right and then now that they're mm-hmm. they're finally dropping something then then you're just like foaming at the mouth but it's not a, you know I mean? but it's not like a but it's not like a sunk cost fallacy right yeah, where you're yeah. so invested in Blackpink yeah. that you're oh I have to have it yeah right yeah. yeah and and it's not like Black Blackpink is um out of the public eye because you. If you live in Korea, you see them everywhere in billboards, Every, commercials. Billboards, yeah. uh, if you follow them on Instagram, they're constantly doing photo, like they're uploading their photo shoots. Calvin mm. Klein, uh, mm. Celine, whatever. Uh, but the in terms of music, yeah, completely dry, like <laughs> nothing. Um, but they're but they're bigger than music, right? At this point, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's crazy that. Um, the only thing I can think of that ha- um, that's similar to this is probably Big Bang when they came out in 2012 with Fantastic Baby and Bad Boy and Blue. They did like a triple uh, drop. And then because um, there wasn't any content from them for a really long time. But, um, right. but then they were always in the public eye. Um, G-Dragon has mm-hmm. his solo music Taeyang has solo music top was doing yeah. um and then the rest of the guys were on just on tv so not as quite as barren as blackpink but i think that's the closest thing but um but yeah like no i'm excited i'm excited yeah, so and, and i feel like yeah i think you're like i agree with you like blackpink would, is the only group that can like get away with this <laughs> Right, yeah. right. If if uh, if Espa didn't drop anything for a year, right? Yeah. <laughs> they come back after a year. You're like, who? Oh yeah, they're a group. Oh, yeah, like they, they were the next level girls. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I remember them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think yeah, I don't think don't... that's a good example. Probably like someone. Yeah, because more... they're kind of big. Yeah. Yeah. Probably someone yeah. from like a smaller company. Yeah. If you say that, like a Cherry Bullet or a Rocket Punch or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. they oh, they'd yeah. get lost. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah way way lost who like super yeah now i love those groups but it's it's in the it's sort of in the numbers but they yeah but they haven't earned that right to do nothing for a year (laughs) and then come back and expect the same i think that's that's part of being part of a big three group or under the yg label that you're lots of and like we said like they're more than k-pop that they could go do ads and tv shows or something like that and still be relevant that was yg entertainment announces blackpink's comeback and world tour speaking of jesse uh for my news this week i wanted to present that jesse leaves p nation after three years on july 6 p nation released a statement and it's a very company statement that you get on like all these press releases that you see on instagram and stuff like that like uh, we've amicably come to a decision and stuff like that. Very, very corporate, uh, corporate wording and stuff. Later that night, Jesse took to Instagram to issue her own statement on her point of view on the matter to clear up rumors that have been taking place. Uh, for example, she's not retiring from the industry, and she's not leaving the company on bad terms. And she emphasizes that she still loves the company and the agency for life. Um, it's it's to be noted that Jesse was the first artist to sign with P Nation back in January 20, 2019. And we're still looking out for what 
her plans are for the future. Do you feel like this is all a smokescreen? Or do you legitimately believe that everyone's happy and leaving on good terms? Well, I, I don't think there's, like, a perfect, like, good terms. I think at least there's no, like, yeah. negative terms that, like, oh, I hate this company, that blah, blah, blah. But if it's something like this, then, yeah, there, there's going to be something that didn't, like, click with them. But um, because, like, right. from a fan side of things, like, it looks like she was, like, doing good work. But I think I remember hearing that she wasn't, like, releasing the stuff that she wanted to release, that, like, Sai had his own plans um, for her. Um, that maybe she just wants to like strike out and like get more freedom on what she's releasing, even though like you could say that a lot of what she was releasing sounded like um it was very successful. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that um it was it was a little shocking hearing hearing this yet yeah, because of course she was the first one and you know P Nation has kind of this reputation of giving their artists creative freedom, let them do what like silence them do whatever they want. And you know Jesse, with her personality and her kind of being like a, like a free spirit, you know, you'd think this uh, company would be perfect, but I mean, I mean, we all just never know behind the scenes. I don't know if you guys watch Sixth Sense, the the variety show, but there are times where like she jokes about wanting to switch companies, but then you kind of don't really think about it because that's kind of like her type of humor, anyways. But yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. I wonder what she has planned up next. Uh, I heard she was signing with Antenna, right? Is that? I I seen something like that, but I I don't remember. I didn't look it up. That was Jesse Lee's P Nation after three years. In the spotlight section, we try to shine a light on something in K-pop, whether it be an artist, song, album, TV show, or the like. Trick, what would you like to spotlight this week? Okay, so I came in this week. And we can go over this really fast. But I wanted to go over this week, spotlighting just a thought I had in my head um, about K-pop as a genre, right? And I, I call these uh, bathroom thoughts. Like when I'm showering, you know, you're stuck in there, so you're just thinking. So I'm thinking right now, I left Western Pop because at that time, I think it was in 2019, um, I'm, le- I'm saying I left it like it's a place. No, but I just left it as a genre, right? I stopped listening to Western pop because it was very EDM heavy. Like, I, I can't remember what year it was, but at that time, everything had some type of EDM influence, right? And it just wasn't my style. And I was introduced to K-pop, and it kind of had... it. I mean, K-pop has a lot of Western influence, right? And so it had all the good things about Western music that I liked, especially the performance side of it with the dancing and the singing. Uh, and I came back to Western pop just recently. I looked up like what the top 100 of what currently is in Western pop right now. And you're getting Harry Styles and Olivia Rodrigo, both artists who don't really do much other than stand on stage, maybe play an instrument and sing, right? So that's what you get. It's so crazy how K-pop and Western pop are so on opposite spectrums, right? And so I'm posing the question to you and in my head, like who really has the brighter future? Because I feel like K-pop from what I've seen and from what I've experienced has only been trending up. With all due respect, Western pop just feels lazy to me. Like you have a whole bunch of like strong vocalists, but that's it, nothing else. So yeah, uh, that's my thought on the genres as of right now i was wondering what you guys thought about let's see where should i begin all right so that's a lot there's yeah, a lot right <laughs> yeah um all right let me um kind of i guess i'll tackle your overarching question who has the brighter future between k-pop and western pop i still think western pop uh still has a brighter future because frankly speaking i i love k-pop k-pop with all my heart okay <laughs> just so we can preface mm-hmm. that um but western pop is still the the trendsetters right they're the cult mm-hmm. in terms of pop culture they're the culture setters because um, as like you said earlier k-pop still does a lot of borrowing from western pop so i think not until maybe k-pop comes up with their own musical identity then well see. it's hard you, do you think they're still borrowing like to this day do you think they're taking like what 
like Harry Styles is doing right now and is like, hey, I want to sing like that. Yeah, I, I think so. I think we don't see it now, but give it three, give it three to four months, and then then we'll see it because K-pop tends to trend mm, okay. a little later. It might not be quite as obvious, but 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 we'll see it. Um, We're talking like a very ballad heavy um, focus. Right? Yeah, yeah, um, and because I think. Well, when it comes to like idol music, it's always going to be that the dance type, you know, high energy, Mm -hmm. whatever. But there are going to be non-K-pop artists, non-idol, non-idols who will adopt that. Mm -hmm. And and also when it comes to K-pop, they're not exactly their their music is not exactly in the general public's eye um, because K-pop in Korea is kind of seen more of like like young people's music like we're talking like high schoolers like maybe early college and so like if you're if you're out and about and in like at cafes and and whatever you won't necessarily hear hear idol music you'll hear more of like the solo singers um you hear like when i was there i heard a lot of taeon i heard a lot of iu oh interesting mama moo was just becoming hot so that was like in terms of idol music that's what i heard a lot Mm -hmm. um and and B- of course BTS was playing everywhere, but that that was kind of yeah. it. Uh, I think as of right now, Western pop will still be more popular. And you gotta think like the the language barrier is a barrier for a lot of people. When people listen to K-pop and they hear it in Korean, they get turned off. Like I'm sure you've had people tell you like, "Oh, you why do you listen to it when you don't understand it?" Right? Well, yeah. well, side quest, okay, side yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Do you consider? Do you consider? BTS K-pop oh, or are yeah. they now just are they just pop I mean so that but that's what yeah. I'm talking about I'm talking about like when more groups that evolve out of BTS mm. and Blackpink mm-hmm. right yeah. that are when when the standard for maybe 10 years down the line when the standard mm-hmm. for a current K-pop group is you have to know English mm-hmm. right because we want to go global yeah. do you not think that when there's 10 BTSs and 10 Blackpinks that are flooding our radio waves mm-hmm. do you not think that we've currently overpassed western pop at that point, mm, I think that's a little harder to answer. I do think that if when that happens, K-pop has infiltrated Western pop and kind of made, mm-hmm. um, you know what? Yeah, it, it kind of puts it in a spot where K-pop has become pop. But I don't know if we're gonna get there anytime soon, because right. something that we also have to look at is that in the Western world. A lot of people value authenticity, right? Um, and oh, and K-pop is kind of seen as the systemic industry feeding type of type of media, where like a lot of these groups aren't naturally put together. They're people try out, and the companies figure out who fits, and then they push them out as a product, right? Um, the irony is that. Where did K-pop learn that from? They learned that from the West, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But still, a lot of people um, out here in the West think that way. Because if we have 10 mm-hmm. BTSs, and I think we had this conversation. I'm not sure if we had this conversation with you or with a um, friend of the show, uh, Chris, um, where it's like, mm-hmm. well, why should I listen? If there's a- this copycat BTS, why should I listen to them when I have BTS or when I have Blackpink? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it's like this this wagyu analogy. Was that you or was that Chris? Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, there's there's that, right? So yeah. Um, so to to put it, sh- you know, short, um, who has a brighter future? I think Western pop still has that advantage, until South Korea has figured out like this musical identity where we can hear something like, oh, is that is that K-pop? Is that coming from South Korea? Um, I don't think we're there. Oh, I'm saying we, but I don't think they're just, they're just, yeah. I don't think they're there yet. I think they're almost I think they're there. Close, yeah, they're close. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I respect yeah. it. For me, I'm sort of on the Western pop side of things too because uh, capitalizing on what Ron said was that I think they just have more of a global presence while um, K-pop, even though they're sort of making their waves, it's just um, if you look at all these like variety shows and stuff of, People singing like they want to sing like a Charlie Puth or a Beyonce or Justin Timberlake or something like that. That they just have mm-hmm. a big influence, and then 
like like uh ron also brought up that you wouldn't really hear uh k-pop music like auto music a lot um i remember watching like the music shows and wondering why like a emu jin was like getting all the awards and also that one group with like kcm and uh oh msg yeah msg wannabe like they were getting a lot of rewards they're like um yeah like ballad singers too so like um i think like maybe idols is sort of like the same way that we see like influencers here is that it's 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 not like a universal sound compared to like um say like household names like beyonce or shakira or whoever else is big right now in western pop there's so much in k-pop that's strong right album sales like okay albums for any american artist right now the the packaging hasn't changed right you see if you go to target (laughs) it's still the plastic case with the little flap with the lyrics on it and then the cd Mm -hmm. that's all you get for for 13 Mm dollars for for maybe a higher premium 21 dollars I got an Itzy album with a full, I want to say like 50 page, like full photo book. Mm-hmm. I had a poster, I had two card, two trading cards or whatever, and then the album. Mm-hmm. A- and it's like, how how do you not, how do you not follow suit if you're in the West? Like that's that's an obvious money maker. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's something that if I was you know an exec at a record company that's something i would follow yeah i'm like looking at that right and i'm like and then you have the i think you told me the last cast where they have these promotions set up where the more albums you buy the higher the likely chance that you'd get to meet the artist Mm -hmm. yeah like that that is such a crazy good marketing move and if you're not if you're on someone if you're on justin bieber's marketing team he doesn't need it Mm -hmm. but like if you're on any Western artist's marketing team, you look at that and you're like, that's smart. Mm -hmm. Like that is something I should follow suit. I think I'd be more on your side though, in regards to like the um, album releases is if I could get a K-pop album for MSRP, just walking into like a Walmart or a Target. Well, you can't even even in Target. I think it's still like 20 plus when, Oh, yeah, I think you could buy them. Like if you were, in korea for like 10 15 dollars um yeah, usd yeah. oh wow so we're still pl- we're still well, paying the, the mark does the reverse does the reverse work where if i were to get like an aria grande cd wouldn't it be higher in korea no because no? they're global presence compared to k-pop because they probably spend that money to get the cds over there as opposed to they're only producing korea and then they have to ship them over here oh interesting so. I'll probably be yeah, a little bit more on your side if I could walk in, get the Seraphim for not $25, <laughs> but for like $12 in like... Well, if you're saying if the Seraphim ever goes into an American Western studio and produces the music there, that's when it becomes a $13 CD, No, right? it's more it's, like it's if the distributor. the distributor. So if they had like printers oh, okay. or something, like... Yeah, that's what it is. In, in the States, then yeah, then it'll be a lot more easier. If I, or if I could order through Amazon and not get my album all dented up, then if I could get it for like that much through Amazon shipped to my door, then I'll be more on your side. So that was K-pop versus Western pop music. Ron, what do you have for Spotlight this week? All right, real quick. I just want to congratulate Twice's Nyon for getting her first win on SBS Inkagayo for pop. It took her like two weeks but we got we got it. I was super proud of her. <laughs> and that's what's up. I know. Uh, I think the last time you were here, Trick, uh, we said, or I said that um, these weekly show wins are meaningless. <laughs> I, th- I think that was with you. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but seeing Nyon get one, it kind of made me happy. So I was like, okay, maybe it's not so meaningless. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> when your artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Nyon. Side, side note too, I just, I just saw an article. She is the first K-pop female solo artist in history to be top five on the Billboard charts. That's right. That is right. That's that's really nuts. That was Nyan gets her first win on SBS Inky Gaio for her single Pop. 
for my spotlight this week, I wanted to bring you guys back to Rob's B-side corner. <laughs> Wait, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm new. I'm new here. What's what's Rob's B-side uh, it's, corner? It's just a excuse for me to cop out and just talk about a B-side rather than bring up a long topic like a K-pop versus Western <laughs> pop, for example. Wow, shots fired. But it, it's, okay, ju- okay, it's just an easy topic for me to go through rather than like finding like the hard hitting sources from week to week. Uh, but it's just an excuse to get, get our audience and our guests to sort of like explore more K-pop out there. And I'm just sharing some of my favorite, um, songs that maybe the general public or the general, even the general K-pop listener probably hasn't like, uh, stumbled across. So in honor of her upcoming drama, Mimic Us, I wanted to highlight one of her B-sides off of the single Glassy called Express Moon. It's got this pop vibe to it. And in the chorus, it's got this sort of Motown R&B vibe to it. The verses have this sort of solo guitar accompaniment. Like, you know, like in the 90s with um, a lot of those acoustic guitar kind of songs that like the YouTubers uh, made famous. Um, It's got that kind of vibe to it. But in the chorus, it brings you to this sort of Motown R&B backup singer swaying back back and forth vibe with um, this like really uh, groovy bass line to it. Uh, it's a great song to just lounge out. And I would imagine like sitting on a lawn, just watching stars uh, go by. And a fun video to look up uh, of her is during her showcase for Glassy was that when she was getting ready to perform the song, she was just like, uh, dumbfounded to not knowing what the B-side track was called that she was like looking around like and then I think even like a fan um, had to like whisper to her that the song was called Express Moon but Express Moon is a great song to um, go check out uh, so this is uh, Joe Yuri's Express Moon then the show we'd like to leave you all with some recommendations that aren't necessarily K-pop Chick what would you like to recommend this week? So again I'm really upset that you talked about WJ Sen um, <laughs> last week because I am now a fan, like not diehard. I'm getting there though, because I'm, I'm actively watching all their videos and, and kind of trying to figure out who each member is individually. But I feel like since winning Queendom, at least from forums and, and videos that uh, comments that I've seen, a lot of people are starting to recognize who they are. And those that are listening, I implore you to give them a listen because they're one of the few artists that not only have like really great title tracks, but all of their B-sides are so good. Like half of the B-sides that I listen to from them could be title tracks on their own. And, And they're all talented and they're all pretty and they all can dance. They're kind of like a full package. So yeah, give them a listen because they're really, really good. Thing you weren't around when there were uh, actively thirteen members because when I was because yeah. uh, I've I've said this before but they were like the inception for me to explore outside of A Pink. Uh, I was like, oh, there's more mm-hmm. stuff outside of A Pink. Let me go check out this group that popped in, in my recommendations. But they're like one of my f- first groups outside of that. And then um, when I was like, like I said, when I was like looking them, I was like, oh, there's so many members and. I guess now the now the actively <laughs> like big group that it's like oh the most members is a uh, Luna currently but um, aside yeah. from that do you have any songs to recommend recommend? Well, their new song last sequence I think I told you like I don't think it's because there there's a really strong top three or four songs that they have um, based on voting and I didn't think last sequence could crack into the top three but I think it can I I think last sequence is a really good introduction. Because it's not too cosmic, like their 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 concept is space and cosmic and stars and whatnot. Last sequence, uh, I think it's a water theme, but you can hear little nodes of um, they use like cosmic noises in their in their in their tracks. You can hear you know hints of cosmic sounds. It's a really good introductory, and then from there, I think it's a gateway. I think after last sequence, if you like last sequence, you'll like all of their stuff. Um, sometimes they try different new things um, but they've kept their identity pretty close to the hip i think yeah 
Oh, and Unnatural. That was nice. <laughs> Unnatural is really good. Unnatural and Last Sequence. Give those a listen. Yeah, definitely. Um, they do have that uh, cosmic theme to them that they sort of usually steer towards the electronic music kind of things. But uh, mm-hmm. like my first uh, hit of them was um, Secret, which was like arguably what put them oh, on yeah. the map. Um, I think it's number one for a lot of people. Yeah, so that was WJSN. Uh, just give them a look out. Ron, what would you like to recommend this week? All right. I would like to recommend uh, something a little different. This is kind of outside of idol music. This is more in the Korean hip-hop uh, side of things. i like to recommend a song called Good To Go by Koala and features Jay Park. Um, you know, this song is really good. It slaps. It has that L.A. sound. But if you ask me, because I'm from the Bay Area, it sounds like a Bay Area sound because it sounds hyphy, but <laughs> I digress. It's a really good song <laughs> regardless. And um, music video is cool too because it's just everyone having a good time. Um, and Jesse makes an appearance in the music video. So if, if, you're, if you're cool with uh, Korean hip hop, uh, I recommend this one. Good to go. It's a vibe. Check that out. I think even Jay Park is releasing a new song this coming week too that was koala with good to go featuring jay park with an appearance by jesse for my recommendation this week i'd like to recommend the most recent episode of one two three ive um ive's reality show uh this is season two episode four they start off with this sort of like telestrations game it's sort of falling in that field where it's like a korean language game where that's not like the biggest draw for an english speaker uh, they follow it up with like this like little thank you ceremony where they address the members on a stage to like thank them for something. But hijinks ensues when some of them step up and don't exactly give a thank you speech. They sort of like tell some members to like stop doing whatever bad habits they're doing at, in the in their dorms. Um, but the big part that um, I wanted to highlight from the episode was when they go and do the usual haunted house part of a K-pop idol reality show, specifically the last pair, which were Ray and Liz, they're definitely polar opposites of experiencing this haunted house that nothing was phasing Ray, that she was just trying to get the job done while Liz is just like freaking out the whole time. Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty funny episode. Um, I definitely shared like that specific scene with um some like K-pop servers and um, our own Discord server. So that was season two, episode four of One Two Three Ive. Before we get to promotions, I'd like to thank you again, Patrick, for being on the show this week. I thank you guys. It's always yeah, fun. Thank you. So to close out the show, do you guys have anything to promote? All right. As usual, I like to promote the Idol Rumble social media accounts. So you can follow us at Idol Rumble pretty much everywhere. Um, if you want to join our discussions about pretty much anything, K-pop, movies, video games, uh, computers, whatever, we have a, you know, a room for it. So go ahead and follow us on our Discord. Um, and if you like what you hear today, then give us a shout out, give us a review on your favorite podcasting platforms. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Rontron underscore underscore. So that's at R-O-N-T-R-O-N underscore underscore. And I also would like to take this time to make an announcement. Um, Today, this episode will be my last one. Um, I'm going to be (gasps) stepping back from the podcast um, and it's going to be in Rob's hands. Uh, To put it shortly, uh, I'm just going to be focusing on other things in my life uh, that needs more attention. So I'll be doing that, but I won't be gone forever. Like I said, you guys can follow me at on Twitter. And hopefully, maybe I'll have something coming up. I don't know. Maybe I'll do a camping YouTube channel <laughs> <laughs> or overlanding channel. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but yeah, this was a lot of fun. And I learned a lot, especially with Rob showing me the ropes when it comes to this kind of stuff. It's my very first podcast and it was really fun. And I got to meet whole bunch of great people just like trick just like chris just like brent royce megan um am i forgetting anybody i think that's everyone 
Anthony. That's and Anthony. The, that's who right. Was in the last episode, Anthony. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, who are all great, right? And um, I hope to to talk to everyone soon. So yeah, it was fun. But you will be missed, Ron. Thanks for uh, being here at the inception of the show. Uh, definitely, um, we all need to sort of uh, look for look out for ourselves to make sure that we don't like put extra work in our lives. And uh, just thanks again for uh, putting in the time. And definitely, this shouldn't be the last we'll hear from you. Like there'll definitely uh, be other times that you'll probably pop in. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for having me, man. Maybe we could do a, a collab on camping and K-pop. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? And you could catch my work on uh where I like to write about all things pop culture. Uh, you could probably expect something coming soon from these concerts coming up, especially a certain concert, which I'll reveal next week. Uh, you can follow my personal social media at Invincible Rob. Music's brought to you by Kevin McLeod of Incomptact.com. And that'll do it for this week's show. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Idle Rumble Podcast. (laughs) 